Welcome to the Social Impact Pulse, a podcast where we aim to cultivate intimate conversations with entrepreneurs working at the intersection of the sustainable livelihoods and lifestyle sector. Each episode is a no-filter conversation with entrepreneurs where we dig deep into the values they hold dear and how that molds and shapes the social impact that they strive for in their organizations. In this episode, I'll be joined by my co-producer, Noreen Das, to share reflections on series two. We hope you're enjoying the podcast and do rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We love to hear from you. On with the show. Hi, everyone. Noreen and Mel here from the Social Impact Pulse. We've just wrapped up series two and we wanted to share some of the highlights and our favorite moments from this past series. This time we traveled to the US, Rwanda, India, Indonesia, Malaysia, Greece, South Africa, the UK, and Germany. What a fascinating journey it's been, speaking to a variety of entrepreneurs dedicated to social impact. And like with the last series, it was interesting to note some of the themes that emerged across brands and organizations as well. But to get us started, let's do a quick recap on the various conversations we had. We started out with Sangha Designs, a socially conscious lifestyle brand that works with artisan producers in Rwanda. One thing that stood out to me was Sarah's intense passion for uplifting and empowering the women that she works with through Sangha. When she spoke about the moments that made her proud, she emphasized how proud she was when the women became confident in themselves and took initiative to take Sangha's business down another venture of local Rwanda pig venture after the pandemic. Next up was Thea Foundation, which serves as a vocation training center that provides life skills and employability skills to adults with intellectual uh, challenges. And Thea Innovations that employs the differently able to make a variety of corporate and individual gifting alternatives and providing them with a viable career choice. We spoke with Sarah and Suman, the founder and CEO of Thea Foundation and Thea Innovations. One of the things that stood out to me was once again, when they shared the moments that had made them proud. Again, talking about the transformation they saw in the lives of their students and employees who now, through earning their own incomes, contribute to their family finances. And you could really see how that made both Sarah and Suman proud to have been able to provide that kind of empowerment for these individuals. Another thing that really struck both Mel and I was the way in which they have used DIA, both the innovations as well as the foundation, to create a collaborative platform that engages with others in the sector across the state of Karnataka, raising the bar and possibilities of including the differently abled in the workforce. This was something that was just so inspiring, and it's great to hear and see how organizations like the uh, are moving beyond just livelihoods and working more broadly with the differently abled uh, population. Next up was Threadaputic, a sustainable artisanal textile studio that is passionate about fabric reconstruction with the goal of minimizing waste. I loved how Hannah described Threadaputic as imperfections intended for good. She said the imperfections come in the people that they work with as well as the materials, and they are trying to combine these ingredients to make something good out of it. We then heard from Truly Batik, a UK-based mother-daughter duo, and Loshni, Bala, and Payal Ramesh shared their passion for arts and batiks, as well as the desire to empower the lives of impoverished artists and producers and communities in Malaysia. It was really neat to see a mother-daughter duo, particularly one where the daughter, Payal, is still in high school and um, her interest and passion on working in the sector as well and providing sustainable livelihoods through these artisan crafts. 
in particular, I was drawn to the motivation of how Truly Batik came into existence. And I love the story of what it was like for a mother and daughter to work together in a family business. Yeah, I agree, Noreen. It was really inspiring to hear Loshini and Pyle talk about how they work together and just how they um, deal with family business um, matters that come up and work through them. So that was really fun to hear. Next up was Thela, a plastic upcycling initiative that handcrafts products with discarded plastic. Something that really stood out to me about this episode was DT's immense passion for eliminating plastic waste. She has created a voice and a platform for this movement within her brand. In her legacy and obituary question, she said that it sounds great to be to write an obituary for Thela because that means that there would be no more single-use plastics in the world. I loved her perspective and perspective and passion for eliminating these plastic wastes. You could just feel her passion while she was talking in the episode. And just the fact that when the obituary question came along of like, what is your legacy? What is your obituary? She was excited to write that obituary because she was like, there is no more single use plastics in the world. What a great thing that would be. I too remember that. And I was I was uh, pleasantly surprised to see someone who had actually taken the time to write down their obituary. So that was great. Next up, we heard from The Clothing Bank, a South African social enterprise that partners with fast fashion retailers whose merchandise has been returned by customers or hasn't sold in a season, as well as appliance retailers with unwanted merchandise and provides unemployed mothers and men to start informal retail trading businesses. This was a really uh, interesting conversation on so many different levels. One, just in terms of the way in which they are taking what is seen as waste in, in an industry that, as we know, particularly fast fashion, you know, has really been spotlighted for the amount of waste and unwanted and unused clothing and turning that into a retail trading business. The other thing that really stood out to me was how they've taken such a holistic approach to creating sustainable livelihoods and um, their big vision to see this model work through the rest of the world. And in many ways, you know, as there are so many retail partners and organizations out there creating employment, this could be possible. And we'd love to see how this might be replicated elsewhere. Next up was Medea and Matilda, a luxury clothing label specializing in upcycled and sustainable fabrics based in Gloucestershire, UK. Something that really stood out to me about this episode was Shalise's emphasis on nurturing the people that are around you in order to create something better than a profit for yourself. When asked how she cultivates impact, she spoke about nurturing the people whom you work with and the work that you're doing and how doing this, giving someone your knowledge and passing along your skills turns into things that are better than profit in the long run. Last but not least, we heard from Mimicry, a Berlin-based social business that makes high-quality bags and backpacks out of discarded and broken refugee rubber boats. There were so many things about this conversation that were equally interesting to our other guests and um, entrepreneurs as well. But I think the one thing that stood out to me through the conversation was the way in which they tackled the unreasonable question. I loved how they highlighted the fact that starting this business, this social enterprise was unreasonable. And yet, you know, it it, it was possible. 
And it just goes to show that sometimes, you know, when we think of these things as being highly unreasonable, if, if you know, we truly are dedicated and committed to the topic at hand, the cause or, or improving livelihoods, you know, um, anything is possible. So that was really encouraging. And it was just such a great way to wrap up that series. But other highlights from that conversation included, you know, how the brand came to be and how they are advocating, you know, through what they're doing through the brand not only in terms of upcycling and circular design and circular fashion, but also around the topic of refugees. So like with series one, once again, we heard so many similar themes amongst these different interviews and conversations that we had. One thing that certainly stood out to me was the passion and dedication of each of these entrepreneurs to the livelihoods as well as to the social impact movement and the space in which they work. And as highlighted or as called out um, in the interview with Mimicry, what often seems as an unreasonable ask or task is actually doable or, or one can achieve that when one is dedicated and um, you know puts one mind towards finding solutions for some of these problems that are out there. So as a follow-up to that, a lot of these entrepreneurs noted that they don't need to solve all of the problems. They're each contributing in their own way and doing their own little bit of solving the problems that they are focusing on, but they can't solve all of the problems. And they so they're each focusing on their own specialization and trying to grow that in its own way in order to emphasize those impacts. And a great example was someone from Dia Innovations who made the analogy to the little tugboats that um, pulled the big shipping container that was recently stuck in the Suez Canal. And how even though, you know, the shipping container was absolutely massive, it was these little tugboats and their efforts that made the difference. And I think that analogy has really summed up series two for me, because it really goes to show how, you know, each of us doing our own, our own, not only our own little bit, but through these different enterprises, one can have a larger social impact. Absolutely, Noreen. And I think, um, you know, something else that we touched on throughout this series was just, just an example of how of how one can really be a social business and how, how you can be a business and have social values. And it is possible. And, um, each of these, each of these entrepreneurs wanting to be remembered for that among the first thing that they're remembered for is being a business and having those social values and putting those two things together to be a social business. And I think it is so it is so critical to remember that those two things are possible and they're not exclusive in and off of themselves. And often what it takes is collaboration and networking to, to reach those goals and to be able to solve some of these problems. And both collaboration and networking were other themes that, you know, we heard our entrepreneurs and interviews talk about throughout the series. Um, and it's great to hear of how, you know, people are collaborating across different lines, across businesses, just to have that broader social impact. Right. And another theme that I really loved that that came up um, throughout the series, too, was just um, these entrepreneurs being a voice for their producers and just not only being a voice, but advocating for their producers. So they're not just providing livelihoods, but they're advocating for people working with disabilities, refugees, single parents, etc. So they're not just just being there to employ them and and uplift them, but they are advocating for them and trying to empower them through everything that they do. And so I think that 
was a great thing that came out of series two as well is just seeing, seeing how the passion for these entrepreneurs really translates into how they treat the people that they work with. We hope that you've enjoyed these intimate conversations with all of these entrepreneurs, and we look forward to having more conversations with equally interesting brands in the not too near future. We'll be taking a short break over the next couple of weeks, but we'll be back early August with the next round of the Social Impact Pulse. If you haven't already, please do subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to rate and review us as well. So thank you for listening to this review of series two. We hope you've enjoyed it just as much as we have. um, And we'll look forward to bringing you more conversations in the future. The Social Impact Pulse is a project of the Artisan Gateway and soon to be launched, Their Stories Be Told.